Welcome back to the scene of the cab. Your host, Nigel Williams. Quick couple of public service announcements. One, if you're a demolition worker, out of work, construction worker with demolition skills, a demolition or construction contractor who may be looking for staff, please get in touch with uh, Mark Anthony from the Demolition News, demolitionnews.com, available on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. Um, Mark's got an initiative running at the moment. Due to the uh, furlough schemes now coming to an end, most sites are pretty much full bore open. And what we want to try and do, or what Mark wants to try and do, is to try and help get any demolition workers that have been affected by the COVID lockdowns, travel restrictions, furlough schemes, site shutdowns, etc. Trying to help them get back into work. Christmas is around the corner, we all know that. And it would be nice to try and help people get back into some kind of paid employment so that one, they're earning money, two, they feel as though they have a purpose in life again, something to get out of bed for in the morning. Um, the, the scheme isn't new. Mark did it once before in 2008-2009 during the credit crunch. And as things picked up again, it sort of dwindled down. Then GDPR regulations uh, over data privacy and protection came into force and that website became sort of defunct and obsolete. So that platform isn't any longer available if you're interested, it was demolitionjobs.co.uk. Um, but it doesn't work, there's nothing There's nothing really to see there. So there is a form to fill in. So if you're a job seeker looking for a job, you, you think you think you've got skills that could be advantageous to a demolition company, log on to demolitionnews.com. There's a, an online form to fill in. Dive straight in there. Maybe we can help somebody get back into work. Um, the only thing I will say, and I, I, want to, I want to ask is, if you can, donate. Because there are no backers, this isn't being financed by anyone, this is purely being done off Mark's own back and utilising Demolition News resources in order to bring it to fruition. Um, so every little helps, if you can spare a shackle, then uh, if you shoot over to Patreon, the Demolition News has a, has a Patreon page, just donate. The smallest donations will make the biggest of differences, trust me on that. Um, just shoot over, donate a couple of quid, it, it's, it's pennies. If everybody who listened to this put in a pound, it, it would make a difference, trust me, it would. So yeah, demolitionnews.com, you can find Mark Anthony there happily on the LinkedIn, you can find Demolition News on Facebook, Twitter, etc. Lots of interesting stuff on there. Also, I, I will also add, 
that Mark runs another site called Tech for Sites. And if you're in the construction industry and you're interested in the technology that's coming online today, tomorrow, and into the future, then shoot over to techforsites.com. Go and have a look over there. Mark just posted a brilliant piece about a robot bricklayer machine. Very, very, very informative. Very good piece. So, demolitionnews.com, shoot over there. If you're a job seeker, or if you're a, if you're somebody who thinks that you need more staff, somebody, somebody over at Demolition News Towers will be able to help you out. Right, public service announcement number two. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. That's right, the Koof. The Koof Koof is back. We all love a little Koof update, don't we? Okay, um, we're coming into, um, not necessarily silly season, but we're coming into flu season. And um, we all know what winter time is, the weather's changed and we've all got a little sniffle, we've all got a little cough. And um, so, obviously the government's gonna, um, gonna continue with tyranny and insanity and Boris, Boris Johnson, I mean, for goodness sake, this man ought to be drug tested. I swear to God, this man needs to be drug tested. Daily. Daily. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced that he's not doing something he shouldn't be. Really, I'm not he, He's either a raging pisshead, and he's, he's hitting more than a bit of shandy of a, on, the, on the lunchtime, or he's up... He, he, oh, well, well I'm, I'm trying to... You know, I'm, I'm doing my best here, you know. I mean, I'm trying not to be the conspiracy theorist that says, well, you know, he's in the pockets of the globalists, an absolute scumbag, he's selling the country down the river. I'm trying not to do that. I'm just trying to, to find a way to explain why he's being such a fucking moron. I mean, really, Matt Hancock, another cocksucker. What a joke that man is. My God. But anyway, I digress. So, there's every potential chance here that we're going into a second lockdown. Um, should that alarm you? Yes. What should you do? Do not panic, boy! If you're one of those people who panic bought toilet roll the last time we went into lockdown, shame on you. Oh, my days. Everybody was suffering. Now... I say this because I got the 70 year old mother who I spoke to on the phone yesterday and she's like, well, I've been shopping in Asda and there's no toilet rolls or anything. So I'm like, oi, is everything all right then? Mum, have you got enough toilet rolls? She said, yeah. She said, but I thought I'd just pick up a pack of four. She said, while I'm here, because I've only got a couple left in the, in the cabinet. And I'm like, oh, okay, no, good thinking. So she's gone. She's in the she's in the Asda there, and she um, she can't buy toilet roll because there isn't any. And she's seventy. Not being able to find toilet roll in Asda for me, no drama. I can live with that because I've got the means to drive elsewhere and go and have a little mooch around and find it in another place. But my mum specifically got the bus 
to a big supermarket in order to find the necessary grocery items that she needed and she couldn't do it. Now, that's just my mum. How many other people's mums are doing the same? How many other people's mums are doing the groceries and they can't get what they need because perfectly fit and able-bodied people are going around like teams of locusts stripping the shelves of goods. And I'll tell you, that's exactly what happened a few months ago. That was exactly what happened a few months ago. I was in a, I was in a little shop there in Yapton, West Sussex, near Chichester, and the girls were like, oh yeah, she said, it's terrible. She said, we, we get toilet roll in and, you know, it's like everyone, it's like there's a toilet roll Facebook group and, you know, before you know it, we, we've gone from having, you know, vast stocks and, uh, and, and supplies of toilet roll to nothing because suddenly, you know, we've had this rush of people come in and pretty much buy out everything we've got. And I was shocked. You know, one, I mean, toilet roll. You know, I can think of 50 different ways to wipe your backside after you've been, after you've been for your number two that doesn't involve toilet roll. But just the, the, the fact that people thought it was a good idea to, to go and, and buy as much of this stuff as you can. The thing is, you can't eat it. You know, I mean, if they carry on doing what they're doing and, and, and buggering around, you know, we, we won't be, you know, we'll, we'll be needing food before we need to worry about toilet roll. Because they're gonna, they're gonna, they've already started shutting down meat processing plants. They've, they're, you know, it's just absolute madness what they're up to. So, public service announcement: lockdowns. If they, if lockdowns come again, please don't, don't panic, boy. The vulnerable, the needy, the elderly, the disabled, they still need to, they, they probably need more help. They probably need the resources more than able-bodied people. You know, get a couple of washcloths, get a couple of flannels, put them in the bathroom there. You know, it's probably more hygienic to uh, to, to, to wash your rear end than, than just to uh, wipe clean with paper and leave residue behind. You know, give it a wash. French do it, they've got this thing called a bidet or a bidet. Depends on how posh you are, I suppose. But, you know, there's every possibility that they're going to go crackers again and lock us down and, you know... At least they're not doing an Australia on us, I suppose. I mean, the Victorian people in Australia, my God, my... May God be with you. You know, if you've got guns, start shooting your politicians. Jesus Christ. That's tyranny. That's tyranny. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, just go online and have a look. Just follow some of the some of the Twitter stuff. Sky News Australia is doing quite a good job. They've not been completely subverted by the uh, by the globalists yet. But it's not. Um, 
it's not good. Really, it's not good. It's outside the model. It's outside the model, but I'm just going to clean it all up. Sorry about that, work relate. So, yeah, just keep an eye on what's going on around you. Watch, watch your surroundings. Think about the people around you. Look at your neighbors, your friends, your family, anybody in close proximity. You know, just keep an eye out for vulnerable people because they will need your help. Because winter time, it's, it's rough. You know, we were lucky the first lockdowns came in summer and, you know, everybody was having a jolly time in the garden and they could go to the park as long as they didn't, you know, as long as they didn't dare sit down for more than 15 and a half seconds. Woo! So, but yeah, I, I, I think we all know what's going on. Is there anything we can do about it? No. Is the government going to change its mind miraculously overnight? No. Can I help them change their mind? No. They're going to do what they're going to do. They're not listening to us. They are our public servants. And the only thing we can do is vote them out of office. Um, so all I'm going to say here is there's a very nice man called Lawrence Fox. Now Lawrence Fox has started a uh, political party. The name escapes me right now. I, I should have done a bit of more research on this fella, but I know that he caused an absolute shitstorm earlier in the year when he was on uh, Question Time. He absolutely, oh, he worked them leftists into a larvae, and uh, yeah, it, it got it got messy, got dirty, got nasty. Um, he didn't apologise, thank God. Uh, cost him a lot of his acting career with his with the work. So, you know, all he did was speak the truth. Can't blame him for that. Honesty is the best policy. And uh, they decided to maul him for that. And complete scumbags that they are. But yeah, Lawrence Fox starting a new political party. Let's see, let's see what traction he can gain. If he can gain half as much traction as Nigel Farage did over the European question, I would be very happy with that. Because the European question has been hanging over our heads for decades. Absolutely decades, the, the European question. Because we are an island nation. And some people they don't understand this I'm lucky, I'm really really lucky in the fact that I've lived in Central Europe I've lived in France Germany, Holland, Belgium so I see the difference in the English mentality, I see the difference in the French mentality I see the difference in the Germans, I mean we all know the Germans are different, there ain't no two ways about that brother but we are an island nation. We are a different people. We are not as they want to, as these as these weirdos seem to think we are. We're not this interchangeable block of people where, you know, I, I don't know if anybody's ever, ever done this, but 
just 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 open up Google Maps or Google Images. Google Images is good is a good place. And every single major capital city in the in, in the European Union, or even even across the world if you like. European Union is probably best because you know we're we're much closer in comparison. But open up for all the capital cities and have a look at them. And you know, just just go on on maps, have a look around. You know, look at the high streets, look at the shops, look at the types of shops that they are. And if it allows you, look at the people. Do do a little bit of people watching. And what you will find is we now have this sort of homogenous version of, of, of cities and this is true across the whole of Europe this is true across the whole of Europe all of the all of the big cities are the same all of them they all have the same shops they all have the same goods the same wares you know the only things different is there, there are some specialities like the, the cuisine is a little bit different the culture is still slightly different because you'll find many more bar bistros in, in France, um, Belgium you'll find an awful lot more fish and chip shops, well chip shops, not fish and chip shops, um, you'll find a lot more chip shops, fritteries as they are, you'll find a lot more of those, um, but yeah you still find you know Turkish doner kebab, you can still get everything you, everything you want, you can get everywhere. And that's not as I remember it 30 years ago. 30 years ago when we when we were travelling around Europe and you know when my with, when I was a when I was a, when I was a kid. I mean I I remember life I remember life before the Channel Tunnel opened. You know, I remember I remember it before there was before the Euro. I remember life before the Euro when you had uh, when you had French francs, Belgian francs, you had uh, Dutch gilden, etc. So, you know, I, I, I remember that. I'm not quite sure many other people will remember it, but I do. I remember it. Um, bugger. That's the only problem when I'm rambling, is I'm losing my train of thought. I'm told it's an old age thing as well. It happens to you more and more when you get older. But it was an old man that said that to me, so maybe he was, you know, maybe he was covering for himself. <laughs> But yeah, um, but yeah, the, the, the European question it had been it had been on the mind for many many years, long before you know even, ever since before we went in. Um, you know, the, just just watch the Brexit things. Um, there were some good videos there. There was a couple of good documentaries about how we got to where we did. And yeah, it was yeah, well 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 worth watching. You should, should watch some of that because a lot of it was very true. The media propaganda told us we where we should be going. Um, and we were we were a little bit demoralized, you know, in the in the seventies. You know, as a country, as a people, we were a little bit demoralized. So the European you know, it was easy for the media to tell us what would be better for us. And you know it didn't take much to persuade us that, you know, 
the bureaucrats knew best and you know we were just simple plebs and you know that we should just obey finding me obeying. There's this, there's this thing to the, uh, the thing that amazes me is they gave us the internet for fuck's sake. They gave us this, they, they gave us this amazing thing, the internet. And wow, just wow. You can, you can watch the world through this, through this little thing in your hand. You've got more computer processing power in your basic Huawei or, or Samsung smartphone than the supercomputers of the 1980s and 90s. You know, there's probably more more computing power in your smartphone than there was that sent the first spaceship to the moon. So, because of that, use it. Inform yourself. You know, and 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 you'd better inform yourself because no one else wants you to know nothing. So inform yourself, make sure you know what's going on, keep an eye out. The lockdowns are coming whether we like it or not, I think they're, they're doing their best to try and try and tell us that the um, that the Koof Koof is coming to kill us and all that shit. Um, there, there was a thing I read yesterday, and uh, by it was by an Irishman. Um, and he said, his, his words were, we don't have a pandemic, we have a case-demic. And I was like, what, what the hell does that mean? Well, the way he described it was exactly as I have done, is that we've increased the testing, so we've increased the numbers, but we haven't, but we haven't seen the increase in the deaths. So now, all they're doing is all of their findings. They're jumping them all into one. They're putting them all together, and they're they're still saying it's a pandemic. It's still being a pandemic, most likely back in May. So, you know, we have reached herd immunity. Why we're carrying on with this is beyond me. Why people are enforcing this crap on each other, I find even more bewildering. You know, it's very scary when society polices society because then the government just has to set society against itself and sit back and watch the fireworks. And that's that that that's never good. That's never good for A society, B for long term social cohesion. Because you're gonna end up with two factions and the long term ramifications of that do result in civil war because you're gonna have one side which then tries to seize political power because they're sick and tired of the government using one side to batter the other. And it just it, it just goes wrong. We all know it we all know it goes wrong. Trying to explain to other people that it goes wrong is also yeah, very interesting. Some people just have no idea, they don't care. I'm all right, Jack. Yeah, lockdowns don't affect me, mate. Yeah, I'm all right. I'll get my money off the government, don't I, innit? Yeah, as long as I get me dull money. Yeah, it's all good. No. But anyway, so, you know, 
look out for your friends, look out for your family. Lockout, lockdowns are coming, whether we like it or not. Um, what what the future ends up looking like post lockdown? Good question. No idea. Couldn't tell you. Um, what Britain looks like in 10 years time, now that's also an interesting question. Because if we carry on at this rate, I think there's every chance that we're going to be um, even more divided as one side pits itself against the other, good versus evil so to speak. And you know, it's going to be a case of uh, which side of the side of the equation do you want to be on? I want to be on the, I just want to be on the right side. And the only way I think I can be on the right side is if I read, I listen, study, I absorb as much information as I can about what's going on around me and then make informed choices. And I think that I think that's what we should all be doing. Um, I refuse to go down this road of blindly obeying talking heads. Um, I'm not going to say, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give them any sort of satisfaction and say authoritative figures and authoritative sources because if there's one thing I've learned from this is that um, people being held up in positions of authority, they don't seem to be my friends. They don't really seem to have my best interests at heart. Because ultimately, blowing up the economy, that, that helps nobody. That's just going to ruin the country. And there's one massive variable here that I don't think anybody has, has, has thought about. And that's people. And people are going to, people are going to do what people do. And the one thing we all know about people is they're unpredictable. They're not just unpredictable, they're really unpredictable. Nobody really knows what people are going to do. People don't even know what people are going to do. So, when they start, um, when they start going a little bit skew in, you know, there's one thing, there's one thing that I can say for sure, is that there will be there will be violence at the end of this. There will be a struggle. Um, we'll come out the other side, whether it's in lightness or whether it's in darkness. Now that's something else. But that's something we we all have to make that conscious decision. Be informed. Do your due diligence. The government does not know best. In fact, I would argue the government is compromised best way of describing the government. The government is compromised and doesn't give a toss. Like I say, politicians should be drug tested. And if they're not on drugs, get them on drugs. Oh dear, right. Now we well, there right, we're so this morning we've covered two public service announcements, aren't I good? Now the other thing that I would like to talk about today is wages. 
the and the treatment of your of staff. You know, maybe you're just an employee. Maybe you're an employer. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's going to listen to this kind of garbage. It's just me off on a tangent again. Nothing to do there. But it's staff, and I think it's quite an important thing to talk about because uh, it's a phrase attributed to Richard Branson and I'm, I'm no fan of, um, of Dick <laughs> take that any way you like but uh, yeah even a broken clock can be right twice a day and Richard Branson is, is, um, is, is quoted is off quoted for this um, train your staff well enough that they can leave as in uh, leave your employee and seek to find alternative employee with another company because you've given them the necessary skill sets and training qualifications to do so but treat them well enough so that they don't want to now that is so true that that is so prophetic that is so profound and here's the reason why um The most expensive, the most expensive part about staff is making sure that they're sufficiently well trained, making sure that they are sufficiently well remunerated to not just live comfortably, but to not seek alternative employment if they're good at what they do. Because you're always going to find some people, they're just treading water. They're treading water Monday to Friday and they couldn't give a toss. You know, they're just, they're there, they're, for, they're there for the paycheck. You know, there ain't no two ways about it. They're there for the paycheck. So, they're, the, they're your problem employees, in my eye. And, take that which way you like but for me I find those people to be problem employees because they're the people they've learned how little they have to do to survive they've learned to do just enough to keep you off their back or to keep the boss at bay and keep earning money you know that phrase, you know, I'm living for the weekend. Oh, that's awful. I find that I, I, I find that quite disturbing, really, because the idea that you go to work Monday to Friday just to finance Saturday to Sunday, it's just how how awful must your life be if that's what it is? If that's what your if that's what your career brings you, it's just a paycheck for you to get wasted. Saturday and suffer on Sunday. So, 
in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say is be good to your staff. Make sure you, but also make sure your staff are good for you. Because at the end of the day, everything's a compromise. Absolutely everything. Everything's a compromise. Everything's, everything's a negotiation in life. And I think that's something that's, that's, that's been lost in life. And probably more so now, as people become more and more disconnected from, from each other via technology. Because it is ultimately technology that allows us to reduce our, our social interactions and, and our interhuman interactions on a, on a larger scale. It's only because we have this technology at our disposal. But we, need to, we do need to learn to be better with each other. And I think employers more so need to learn to be better to their employees. And I think this is this is quite important, especially now, because on, on Friday, Friday was rainy day. I, you know, it's Thursday. It, it's, sorry, it's Thursday. Jesus, I wish it. But um, it's Wednesday today, and I had a few days to, to think about and rum, ruminate on on what I read on Friday. Um, you know, the, this this particular episode of the podcast, I, I've had to delete probably 25 or 30 times because I just went wild. I, was, I, it, it, I, I went into some I went into some awful places with this um, because how about I just give you the full context and then you'll understand. So your man on Friday, he posts up there on the LinkedIn, you know, well, you know, we, we have our clients. I won't, I won't name and shame, by the way. It's you, if you want to find him, go and find him. We have our client downsizing their offices by 50%. So they're, they're downsizing their office capacity by 50%. All future roles for this company will be 100% remote, work from home. So okay, that's you know. So we're we're thinking environmentally here, or are we? That's the question. Are we? So maybe we are, maybe we're not. Who knows? Um, I won't. I won't inspire motive behind it. Although I will say, what scumbags! Calm, Deborah. Calm. Whew. Okay. I, I I retract that. I I take that back. I take that back because that's not fair. I'm attributing to them motive and motivation that I that I can't prove. I can suspect. But I can't prove. Although everything does say, you know, when they say all roads lead to London, all conclusions lead to these people being absolute scumbags, my eyes. But anyway, let's get let's get back on top of John. The um, the kicker from this now. Bear in mind when I've talked, what I've talked about already. I've talked about 
I've talked about social interaction between people and interpersonal communication and how important that is. Now, because I've already talked about it, you already know that that's on my radar, right? Now, roles 100% working from home, what are they going to be? They're going to be at a reduced rate of social interaction. So your social interactions are going to be poorer because of this, because of these new, because of the new jobs that this company is offering. Your your social interactions are going to be vastly reduced because you are going to be remote working. You're going to be working from home. This may suit you. And bear in mind, this company, it's not the government, you know, that you don't have to work for them. You know, this, I'm just giving my opinion based on what I saw, what I read, and what I think. But, anyway, you're going to be 100% remote, work from home. May suit you, may be just the job you're looking for. Now, question is, does the pay scale suit you now? Because what what you don't yet know, or maybe you do, because maybe you read the same advert I did, maybe, oh, I'm sorry, maybe you read the same post I did, that these new role, roles will be 100% work from home, and they will also be paid at a 20% reduction in salary. Okay, so bear that just just bear that in mind for a second. Let me let me tell you where where my head went. Let me tell you where my head went because it didn't go into good places and for, for reasons that may not be obvious. So you're probably thinking the same as I in, initially did was like, well, where did the twenty percent reduction in salary come from? And not immediately obvious until you think, furlough. Until you think furlough. And furlough rates were 80% of your salary was your pay. So what these people did was they went off and they thought to themselves, well, do you know what? If people can survive on 20% less money, why don't we just pay 20% less money? Now, if you're a businessman or, or, or in business, I was always under the impression that you paid the going rate based on based on the return on your investment. So if you're hiring people, say you're hiring people in sales, your sales executives should be remunerated based on their ability to sell product, based on their ability to um, generate leads, to make money. So basically, they're paid on performance. And I, I, I always thought that's how business worked for some reason. I thought, I thought that was kind of what we did in business. You know, was we, we, created a, we created a cash incentive by generating profits. We created um, cash incentives for our sales executives to ship more product and make, make everyone money. That was 
you know, that was kind of my naive thinking on things. I do believe it was naive these days. So you, you create, you create a pro, you, you know, you've got a product, or you you're manufacturing a product, and you sell it for whatever price to cover your costs, um, cover your costs and overhead to make a, make a percentage of profit, and. And all your other associated expenditures, you know, research and development, maybe maybe corporate investment, maybe further corporate expenditure, upgrading, etc. So, what these people are going to do is they're going to cut their office capacity by 50%. So, they're probably going to save about 40% real money on their overheads. Not 50% because they're only cutting the numbers. But it's the overheads. Bear in mind, this is this is this is office running costs are going to re be reduced by about 40% because they they now have the flexibility to reduce the size of the office. So they can rent a smaller premises, which saves money. They'll have lower business rates, which will save money. They'll have reduced utility bills, reduced utility costs, which again is cost savings. So their whole business, you know, their 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 whole overhead has been vastly reduced. So why the reduction in salary? That's the bit I'm not quite understanding. Apart from if you just attribute to malice and not logic. You know, if you attribute their actions to be malicious or even malignant, then you can get away with it. You know, then, you, then you can think, well, yeah, they're just scumbags. They don't really care about the people that work for them. Because ultimately, if they did, they would see any perceived advantages of working from home, of remote work. You know, the, what the, the, the advantages that they'll be selling the roles based on. Because essentially that's what that's what it'll be. They'll be selling they'll be selling these these jobs based on these perceived advantages of of remote working. You know, you oh you won't have to travel to the office anymore and you won't be doing this and you won't be doing that. You know, but you will be sitting there in Zoom meetings, you know, you will still have to get dressed, you won't be able to sit there in your lingerie, you know, at the kitchen counter. You know, we will still expect you to have some sort of a professional office. Because they do. And and uh, you know, don't don't fall for the lies. Oh no 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 you You'll be able to wear whatever you want. Oh yeah, it won't be this, it won't be that. It, won't. it will just fall into the usual dog shit. Because it always does. You know, anyone says, oh, no, 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 it'll be different, it'll be different. It won't. It won't be different. Because the reality is, we're still in the old system. And nothing changes in the old system. The old system is the old system. All they're doing is penny pinching, stripping your in your resources 
or you're reducing your ability to earn to extend their profits, you know? And if it works for them, it works for them, you know? For me, personally, I like it. I think the scumbags. Just the way it goes. I actually think it's quite awful what they're what they're thinking about doing. I think it, you know, in my mind, it kind of goes goes against what I what I personally think businesses should be doing. I think businesses should be investing in their people. They should be paying them more money. They should be giving them better perks. They should be making it possible for them to work shorter hours, earn the same money or more. And be and be better employees for the company. That's that's what I think. But companies ultimately have to jump on the same bandwagon. They have to think the same as me. They don't. They they won't. You know. Well, yeah, I, I get that. You know. But. Just because people managed, just because people survived on, on an 80% pay, that's not to say that, that that's the way forward, that your new business model should revolve around slashing pay to either become competitive, to remain competitive, or to give yourself a leading edge on your competitors. Because ultimately you're just hurting you're just hurting the people who, who provide the service that you that you require. You know, ultimately the people that work for you, you know, they're not just numbers. They're not just employees. It might look good on a balance sheet, you know. You know, as a number crunching nerd, you know, it probably suits you very well to to crunch the numbers and say, well, you know, if we just reduce our office capacity by 50%, and then on top of that, we go and um, we go and reduce our staff pay by 20%. You know, that gives us a real-term saving of X, Y, Z. You know, multiply that by square and pi, and you know, let's all go to the pub now and get pissed up and. You know, glad hand and congratulate ourselves on fucking over as many people as we possibly can with this idea that we're making money through saving money. You know, you might be saving short term. Short term, short term, it's going to be amazing. Short term, it's going to be amazing for those companies because we're in a recession. You know, work is a little bit on the scare side. You know, let's let's not you know let's not fool ourselves there. You know, work is a little bit scarce. So, work is scarce. You know, the laws of supply and demand will inevitably dictate to us that demand is very very low. There is now a glut of workers. There is an oversupply of staff to come and work in your business because the way the government has fucked the economy. 
So now there's more people looking for jobs than there are jobs looking for people. And, you know, it might work short term while there's a glut of people. But as our economy takes off, as things, I'm not going to say return to normal, because I don't, know, I don't actually honestly know what normal is anymore. Um, but as things go back to what they were, those same people that you hired on an 80% reduced salary are going to be looking. Because everybody's always looking. We're all, we're, you know, we're all curious to see how much more money other people are earning than us. You know. And because of that, as more jobs come online, as more companies reopen, as more startups take off, you're going to find people offering better salaries. Which means ultimately, you're going to end up losing stuff. So short term, you're going to, you know, while we're in, while we're in, the, we're in this club, while there is this oversubscription of staff, you're going to be like, yeah, boy, yeah, boy, rack up another line, yeah, we just got another punter in on 20% reduced pay, yeah, boy. And then, as it all takes off, you're going to be like, damn, we've just lost another sales executive. Or, um, why are all our best people leaving us and going to work for someone else? Because ultimately, that's what happens. You mess around with people's money, and that's, that's you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in construction, it doesn't matter whether you're whether you're a, a barista in, in Costa, you can be a, a sales assistant in Primark be a, sh a shelf stacker in Tesco's or Lidl, it doesn't matter. The principle remains true. As soon as you start playing with people's money and you start and you start making it unaffordable to maintain that employment, ultimately you end up losing those staff. You know, because you can't look at it from this point, from this naive point of view of like, well, you know, if Janice doesn't have to buy the power suit and the power blouse and the cravat and the Bentley Boo umbrella to come to the office anymore, then she doesn't need so much money, does she? Oh, you, you, that's not your right. You don't get to think like that. You know, you're, you're just, you know, it's right that you pay people on their value. Not on, not on their, not on their expenses. Because ultimately, what if Janice likes the power suit? What if Janice has only got nine cats at home, no kids? What if Janice is relying on the social interaction? What if, you know, what we can do the what ifs all day long, but ultimately, you know, don't. Don't make the assumption that, well, you know, just because Janice hasn't got to buy a rail card, she hasn't got to buy the power skirt suit anymore, she doesn't have to have that posh cravat, she doesn't have to have her camel hair coat 
she doesn't have to buy a season ticket for the rail, she doesn't have to run a car, she, you know, it doesn't matter whether she's running a smart car, a Tesla, or a Bentley. It's none of your business. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the value that Janice brings to your business. Does Janice make her sales targets? Yes. Does Janice get her paperwork in on time and efficiently? Yes. Is Janet polite and courteous with employees, with other, with fellow employees? Yes. You know, does Janice have a good knack with clients and customers? Yes. If all of those boxes get ticked, what's the problem? Why can't you pay her what she's worth? Which in reality is the original salary of 100% and more based on the savings that you're making from reducing the office. Doesn't, doesn't that make sense? Anyway, that's, that's, enough, of, that's enough of me rambling. Um, from the seat of the cab, we've had a little, we've had a little ramble. Please remember, log on to Patreon. Support Mark Anthony, demolitionnews.com, with his job initiative to try and help demolition workers and construction workers get back into work. And everyone, have a lovely day. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are. Have a lovely day. And just remember, think about everyone around you. Think about things. Just think. Take some time. Think about things that are important to you. And then try and help other people around you. And be part of your community. Stay safe and have a lovely day. Bye-bye.